Welcome to the Strong Towers Podcast, a podcast with one simple vision, build up, become strong. Welcome back to another Strong Towers Podcast. This is John Ackerman with me as always, Mike Lara, Tom Edwards, and we're also joined today by a good friend of ours, Kyle Hoffman. Kyle, thanks for being with us today. Thanks guys for having me. And we're really excited to talk. Well, no, I take that back. We are not necessarily really excited to talk about today's topic uh, because what we've got teed up for today is talking about fear, uh, which does not usually get most people excited. And if you've been tracking with us for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about validation, how, I mean, all of us, all of us are intrinsically wired with a need for validation to feel like we're good enough, we have what it takes that we can handle the things that are going to come at us, that we matter. And I think one of the things that we've realized is that for all of us, in some way, shape, or form, someplace in our story, usually pretty early on, that validation didn't come in. It didn't come in from mom or dad. It didn't come in from you know the first teachers or coaches or just whatever influential figures there were in our life. And when that when that's absent and when the the internal peace and the security and the stability that comes from that validation is absent i mean we're going to do something nobody can exist in that state of not having those things and so one of the things that we've realized one of the things that we've learned is that amongst other things fear is usually one of the unwelcome guests that comes in to fill that void so fear in all its shapes and forms is something that I think is pretty common for most everybody. I mean, this is not a, a groundbreaking topic, but it really felt like it'd be a valuable place for us to talk through some parts of our stories, just some of the interactions we've had around this concept of fear, how it's changed us, and how we've come to, I don't know, find resolution or try and find transformation from places of fear to places where maybe that fear just doesn't have the same impact it used to. So Kyle, thanks for being here to join us in this conversation about fear. And so just to kick things off, Tom, Mike, Kyle, anybody, I mean, what, what are the first things that come to mind as, as we hear this topic of fear first coming up? I, it feels like really big to me, just like a really big idea that that there's so many different directions that we could go in when talking about fear. There's like the obvious phobia type thing and, you know, or, or uh, the scary movie craze and all of those kinds of things of like w- ways that we're interacting with fear on a daily basis. But there's also, you know, what, what role is fear supposed to play in our lives versus the place that that we give it in our lives and and where is that balance for us you know to to strike i don't know i guess healthy is the word like what are what are healthy fears things that we are supposed to be afraid of versus things that are holding us back and i like the way you categorize that right as healthy and unhealthy because when we first came up with this idea and we first started talking about you know the topic of fear I just generalized it all into one just big giant mm-hmm. fear. And even the idea of talking about fear started to give me you know, anxiety. <laughs> I, started, I was like, all right, we're going to talk about, you know, what? Why are we going to, you know? And I think about how much of that has played a role in the decisions I made in 
in life, right? Whether it's making that transition transition from the military to getting out into the civilian world, and and my fear of throwing a softball here, but the fear of the unknown, right? And what was yeah. what was next? What was to come? I, I like the way you define that and kind of throwing that out there of like a, a healthy fear and a and an unhealthy. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I uh, again, thanks for having me here, guys. I really yeah. appreciate being a part of this and doing a lot of thinking about this since since we talked and yeah. talked about fear and. I like the way you guys have started off too with the different types of fear and healthy fear, general fear. I mean, when, when I was little, I remember, uh, I was afraid of the boogeyman being under my bed Yeah, right? yep. and that's a bit of a different type of fear than as an adult. When uh, I went up in the, in a plane one time with my brother and he wanted to jump out of the plane and, uh, I went up with him and I wasn't going to jump. Why would anybody jump out of a perfectly good plane? <laughs> right. And uh, when my brother got up there, he was doing a tandem, I guess it's called, yep. right? Because mm-hmm. he's never done it before. And uh, he was terrified. But that guy made him jump out of that plane. And oh, yeah. I seen him. And then when he got down and, you know, we went back down, landed, and, and he gets down. And I said, what do you think? And he goes, I would never do that again. I almost crapped myself. <laughs> and so there's, you know, there's a lot of different kinds of fear. But uh, yeah. And then there's the fear that paralyzes us, that stops us from doing things mm. that uh, we could do or should do. And then there's the fear that makes me angry. Yeah. When my wife does something and I don't know how to respond and I'm afraid of the situation. And so I respond or react mm-hmm. uh, inappropriately. Yeah. So many different kinds of fear. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's I think that last one is, is a good one to call out because most of us probably wouldn't even put it in the fear category. Right. Because what we're we're not necessarily fearing the situation itself in that case but there's something else that we're afraid of lack of control lack of having the answer you know something like that and it's you know so many layers down in our subconscious of how we're processing that event that that we don't think we're having a fear response but we we actually are in that moment we're afraid of something so what are the fears and i don't know this may be too soon too fast but Kyle hit on a couple already, you know, personally, but what are the fears that, that come quickest to mind as you guys start to think about this in your own life? You know, whether it was back in childhood, like with the boogeyman or, you know, current things with relationships. Um, cause I know for me, I, you know, fear of the dark was a oh, big yeah. one for me yeah. when I yeah. was a kid yeah. and it actually, it continued long into adulthood. Yeah. Um, and, and I didn't realize what it was at first. I thought it was, you know, we, we had a creepy basement in one of the houses that we lived in when, and my grandparents had a creepy basement. And so that was just, it felt like that was just a natural beginning of, right. You don't go in creepy basements because creepy basements are creepy. Yeah. But then what, what I realized as I got older was that that was all really more a general fear of the unknown. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Of, I don't know what's Mm -hmm. down there in places where it's dark and I can't see. Yeah. And so then like when I got to college, you know, I, I loved running through campus at night, just, you know, going out for a run. But then there were a couple of parts just off campus, um, like sketchy ish, you know, parts <laughs> of town that, you know, during the middle of the day, not a problem at all, but you know, yeah. running through it around midnight, one o'clock, cause you're in college and that's mm-hmm. just, those are your hours that, it wasn't a fear of any particular thing happening to me, but it was it was the fear of not knowing what could happen. Yeah, yeah. 
And I've always liked the way you, you do that. And you, and you do that a, a lot when it comes to questions that I've asked myself is, is asking that follow-up question and that continuing to dive deeper into things, right? So you think about, as you said, the boogeyman or, or the fear of the unknown. I'll be honest, I still run to the trash can at night as fast as I possibly yeah. can to throw the trash in. <laughs> but there is other fears that I think that, you know, as I've you know, highlighted them like in my notes, like, Hey, I'm, I'm afraid of jumping out of airplanes or heights, you know, but what, what is it really? And it's, you know, the lack of control. I've, I've actually in my time in the military jumped 65 times out of a, out of an airplane hooked up, but each time it was scary. Right. And yeah. it was one of those things where I, I forced myself to look at the horizon and, and step off. And I still felt that rush of, of fear. And I did it cause I got paid. That's the only reason, <laughs> and that's the only reason, but it was, it, it's still one of those fears that, I, I thought to myself, like, why am I doing this time and time again? Like, I've done this so many times, but each time I'm I'm afraid, Yeah, you know, following up now that I'm a little bit older and I have a little bit more understanding of, of my life and being able to ask those follow-up questions, I, th- I think to myself, why was I so afraid to jump out of a plane? And, and it comes down to, you know, that next question. It wasn't the height. It wasn't the, the, the plane. It wasn't the parachute. It was not having control of my situation yeah. for that minute 30 as I came off <laughs> down yeah. to the ground, right? So... Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, Kyle, you brought up the distinction of the fear that paralyzes us. And so there's a very different way to approach since we're doing the the skydiving deal, right? Like I'm going to jump out of this airplane and there probably is a healthy amount of fear that I'm not going to be in control. There are things that could go wrong, but am I able to overcome that fear and still move through it? anyway mm-hmm. or am i just going to be so afraid that maybe i don't even get on the plane in the first place yeah that that it just completely doesn't allow me to engage in whatever activity relationship what have you right yeah and john said something about going back to something beginning from your childhood mm-hmm. um, when i was 5 years old my uh, mother and father were talking and they called me over and um, my father gave me a toy truck and he left and he never came back. And uh, when you guys talk about validation, looking back and learning for like where all of the fear started, mm-hmm. it started right there that yep. day. But I didn't know this for years yeah. and years yeah. later. And it started with the fear of rejection. Yeah. Like I had to be part of the reason that my father left. And so then I spent years afraid to ask for things or relationships because I was afraid of rejection. And so it paralyzed me from doing things that I could have done. And what is rejection really today? Like today, I have no problem. Like friend somebody on Facebook and they say, no, thanks. (laughs) Like, okay, no problem. Like I I don't uh, struggle with this as much anymore. But for a while, it paralyzed me from doing a lot of different things in my life. Yeah. And it started there. Yeah. And I think about when you bring up that, you know, paralyzing fear. And I think about how many times I've been told how many things God has waiting for me if I take that first step and how that paralyzing fear can keep me from, I don't want to say rewards, but, you know, that next step of the of, of what he has in store for me. And it's it, by you defining that, you know, or, you know, calling out that paralyzing fear. It's just it's, it is it is one of those situations where. I don't want to say FOMO, but there is there is another you know fear of hey what's what's on the other side of that of yeah. that of that you mm-hmm. know, freeze, mm-hmm. and it's probably a good time just and we've kind of touched on this or you know talked around this a couple of times, but the idea that there are healthy things to be afraid of, 
right? We've mentioned skydiving any number of times. It's on my bucket list. I can't not wait for the day I get to go skydiving. And it will sadly be without my wife because Brooke has said, you know, hands down, not happening. Have fun, but I'll, I'll watch you from the ground and I may not even be watching. I may just wait at home. But <laughs> like there, there's a perfectly normal fear response when you're jumping out of a perfectly good airplane, right? There's there's something in you that's supposed to want to continue to live, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And and so doing something that may result in your imminent and immediate death, right? That that's a natural thing, right? Yeah. And you know, it's funny when you look throughout the Bible, it's like God's catchphrase almost, like mm-hmm. "Don't be afraid." Don't be afraid. Yeah. yeah, gets brought up just about any time anybody interacts with God or God interacts with anybody. Yeah, and I, I did just a little bit of research on this, and it, depending on I guess how you translate it, "Don't be afraid" shows up from God anywhere between three hundred and three hundred and sixty-five times. Mm. Which conveniently, that's a nice number if it's yeah. three sixty-five. That's like yeah. one a day. Just a, a good reminder: don't <laughs> right. be afraid today. But you know, there are natural things to be afraid of. And then there are the fears that seem to creep in because of the things that have happened to us. Yeah. And and I like that we're doing a good job already of kind of parsing those out because it, it, it's easy on the one hand to try to do the, you know, the, the macho bravado thing of, you know, don't be afraid of anything, you know, yeah. charge, no retreat, you know, whatever the case is. And there's times where you're supposed to check yourself. Mm-hmm. And by the same token, there are fears that are unhealthy. And there are fears that are paralyzing and will keep us from experiencing things that will cause us to miss out on things that we're actually intended to experience. And so being able to to recognize the difference between those fears, to learn to recognize what's healthy fear and what's actually maybe what feels like a healthy fear, but it's, it's actually not. It's something that's yeah. deeper. It's something that's a little bit more subversive. It's something that's that's that frankly doesn't belong Mm -hmm. and and how do you begin to figure that out how how do you start to recognize those things i think part of it is has to start with how we relate to fear and that's why i really like that definition of courage being action in the face of fear instead of the lack of fear because just that shift of perspective is like okay we can look at all of these people Mm -hmm. in the bible through history whatever that we would say are super courageous, did amazing things. And if we think that they were without fear, then we're always going to be a tier below that. Right. But if we, if we can see them as, you know what, they probably in that moment, they were afraid and they did what it took anyway, you know, that shifts the way that we think about, okay, I like, I can still be successful with fear and have those healthy fears be a part of, you know, my thought process and, and the emotions that I'm experiencing and then allows us to deal with the, okay, this is something that I, I can't get around for whatever reason. This is something bigger Mm -hmm. um, than that. You know, for me uh, right now, going through some, some relational stuff with my wife and, and trying to grow together and, and, figure out what our relationship looks like 13 years in and, and three kids and and all that. One of the things that, that I'm finding that I have a lot of fear and, and, and the unhealthy kind of fear in is, is actually giving up my junk. (laughs) Like, 
you know, we get to this point where we've carried around crap that's not true and not healthy for so long, but it's my junk. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so who am I if I don't have this stuff that I'm carrying around? Yeah. Even though mentally I can can agree it's not good things. Yeah. You know, um, but it's my healthy crap yeah, uh, yeah. unhealthy crap right <laughs> yeah. and and so you know there's there's some fear there of of the unknown of what comes after right you know or, or i i said this to my wife the other night like who am i even yeah. when all that stuff gets stripped away yeah you know and so there's a, a pretty serious fear there that very easily could lock me in mm-hmm. place if i'm not trying to push into that and and figure out where that's coming from yeah. and, um, and really focus on what comes after that, that hill, you know, the, the fear is this big mountain in the way and I don't know what's on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to kind of push through that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's something we can continue to talk about too. Cause that's something I think I've, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast so far, I've said it in our group, but one of the things that I struggled with for a long time was releasing those, those labels, right? Like mm-hmm. I've gone through a lot of my life and being successful in my life with the label of orphan and being fearful that of rejection and, and using those as unhealthy motivators to, to try to push me in my life. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where I, I'm hearing you talk about it and it's it's just a reflection. Like it's one of those things mm-hmm. where I remember having these same conversations and, and like having to drill down and ask those second questions about, all right, why am I feeling, you know, why am I, why am I holding on to this orphan label so much? Is it because it's the only thing I have left and yeah. I haven't revealed, like I haven't replaced those. And I think that's something that as we talked about these fears, it's, re- it, I don't want to say replacing them, but, you know, changing the, the, the health, the unhealthy with the healthy. And like one of the things now, like we talked about it during validation, but Jonah having, you know, wanting validation so, so young, my young, my youngest, my three-year-old asking for validation. He's also now in this stage where, Hey dad, I need the nightlight, the hallway light, the bathroom light on because I'm scared. And I, and I, I finally, it was like, well, what are you scared? Like, what are you afraid of, bud? Like, what is going on? He, he, I don't know, dad. I don't know. I'm like, what can we do, bud? And he just, it was, it was one of those times where I was just like, wow, this is what we all need. But he just looked at me and just said, just tell me I'm brave and I'm strong, dad. Mm. Wow. And I'm just like, wow, that's what we, I think we, we all need during those, those kind of times. But learn a lot from this kid. I'll tell you <laughs> what. <laughs> I think you said, John, how do we, how do we identify the, mm-hmm. uh, the fear? I, I really think a lot of that has to do with uh, our upbringing and mm-hmm. has to do with how we see life. Um, I admire and I'm so encouraged by younger men that get a mentor and that I get a chance to share life with today or to hear speak somewhere on these types of podcasts Mm -hmm. that are willing to look at these types of things at such a younger age. For me, I was stubborn and I see life (laughs) a little bit differently. And, you know, I really didn't grow up until I was about 36. But, you know, I think it really is simply a decision because... It, there will be a fear in you to make the decision to identify the fear yeah. in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it really is a decision that I want to humble myself and I want to really take a look inside at my junk and uh, be willing to admit this to somebody else, mm-hmm. to God, to another person, another man, a mentor. I suggest that's what worked for me was mm-hmm. a mentor. Yeah. And then I started learning a whole lot about myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I like the way that you just described that 
even that initial cut of just the the fear of the fear, <laughs> right? And that was something that I recently had to start to come to grips with was just how normal fear was for me. It had become such a normal part of my life that like, if, if I wasn't worrying about something, you know, so again, the fear of the unknown, what's going to happen, it's out of my control. If I wasn't worrying about something, I felt off. Mm-hmm. You know, what's wrong with me? Why am I not worrying? So hitting this weird transition point, whereas I started to work through some of this stuff, you know, with the help of a mentor, I would come to, to moments where in the past I would have been afraid, right? I would have been afraid of, of failing. I would have been afraid of rejection. I would have been afraid of screwing something up, of not being able to come through, of, of whatever the thing was. And I found myself not being afraid. I found myself just being confident that things were going to work out. And if they didn't, that things would somehow still work out. And like I'm watching myself from this third person perspective, like, who are you? <laughs> You're supposed to be afraid, right? And I'm like, no, I'm I'm actually good. I, I don't need to be afraid of this. And it was this weird transition of starting to realize just how much comfort I thought I was getting from fear. That if if I'm worrying, I'm in control. Right? If fear of the unknown is the problem, then worrying is doing something about it. And so I'm actually in control as long as I'm worrying. So as long as I'm afraid, I don't need to be afraid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was such, I, I, like you never saw it. Like I, I never saw it until somebody helped me see yeah, it. Yeah. Yep. And then all of a sudden it was just like that, that feels like that shouldn't even be able <laughs> to be a thing. Right. Right that you have that kind of dependency on fear mm-hmm. yeah. to keep you from being afraid. It, it makes my head spin even now, Yeah, just realizing how that all got in there. But yeah, so Kyle, thank you for pointing that out. That That's that's so needed Yeah, to have people help us walk through some of this and, and being able to recognize that, that one of those first obstacles is the fear of being without fear or the fear of addressing fear or it's, it's a, it's, it's a tough problem. No, well, I had fear driving over here, guys. <laughs> you were telling us about yeah, that. Yeah. We were talking about that a little yeah. earlier and, uh, because it, it was really dark roads or because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I do want to say something about that. My grandfather did something for me that really helped me as a child with the fear of the dark. He took me outside with a bright flashlight Mm -hmm. And he said, there's nothing here in the dark that's not here in the light. Mm -hmm. And then he walked me and then lit the bright flashlight and said, see, it's light. And the same thing is there as, and he turned it off and said, as it's dark. And he just walked and kept doing that. And it really helped me overcome that fear, like believing that there's nothing here in the dark that wasn't here in the light. That's and cool. I just thought about that when uh, when you said that, but yeah, like that, that that really helped me a lot. So, but yeah, I was afraid uh, driving over here. I've I've been afraid. Uh, it, again, there's these healthy fears and unhealthy fears. But uh, my story is that uh, I got my girlfriend pregnant very young, and talk about the fear of rejection. 
she would have never got pregnant if she wouldn't have made the first move and kissed me <laughs> because I would have never kissed my wife. We've been married 35 years now. I still probably wouldn't have kissed her, you know? <laughs> so we, uh, we got pregnant young, uh, very young. I was 15 years old. Oh, wow. And uh, my son was born when he, when I was 16 and there was fear in that, you know, fear in telling our parents and how they responded, uh, fear in what I was going to do. I knew for me and my beliefs, even growing up for wherever they came from, God given, maybe I knew I, I got to step up and be a man and have this baby and do the right thing. Yeah. So I dropped out of school, got a job and, and started to try to learn how to be a dad as a kid. Well, fast forward about six years um, in 1989, Joey was hit and killed by a school bus and uh, he was six years old and um you know, that that was devastating. And that's a that's a whole nother story of all the fears that that creates. So yeah. what I'm getting at is experiences in our life, whether it's a damaged relationship, somebody letting us down, uh, loss of a loved one at an untimely manner. When my second son, Kyle Jr., was born a year later and uh, we made so many mistakes. I made so many mistakes raising Kyle Jr. out of fear yeah. of the of the experience of losing my other son. Mm -hmm. I felt like I wasn't a good enough dad. I should have been there more. What about the times I punished him? All these things stopped me from doing things that I should have been doing with yeah. Kyle Jr. And so I, you know, I think a lot of us, if um, a woman breaks a man's heart or a man breaks a woman's heart or these different things happen, then they affect us so much that we yeah. don't ever want to feel that again. So we live in fear of that happening again, and we never go there to allow it to happen to us again. Yeah. And for me today, I would say it like this. All the times I did that, I was walking in my will and not God's will. Yeah. My plan or and not God's plan. Yeah. And, and so when I learned that, and I started dealing with these things with a mentor and prayer and yeah. real, you know, face that junk you were talking yep. about, then I started being able to walk in God's will and God's plan instead of my will and my plan. And today life is so blessed, yeah. even with all the stuff that has happened to us. Because you said it early on, none of us have a perfect story in our prayer. And yeah. that's what makes the story so beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting how, how we respond to those traumatic moments. Right, relationally, or like you know, the the loss of a child. Everybody has pain in their story someplace, right? Everybody has loss. Everybody has heartache. Everybody has disappointment. Everybody has rejection somewhere. And there, there's just, there's just only so much of that that the human heart can take before we have to do something to cope with it. Hey guys, it's Mike here. And I'm usually the man responsible for editing the audio you're listening to right now. So I wanted to take a quick second to say I'm sorry, but I have to cut it here. So with that, let's take a second to reflect on the subject of fear, both the healthy and the unhealthy. And let's ask ourselves that second question. What is the motive behind the thing that scares us most? Also, shameless pug, but I put out a blog last week on conflict. So if you get a chance, head over to strong-towers.com and press that little heart icon. What can I say? I'm a words of affirmation guy. Again, we're thankful that you're part of our conversation. Here's the outro music, but don't hit stop just yet. Tom has some more information about where you can find us online.
Hey guys, Tom here. If you like the conversation that we were having this week on the podcast, make sure to give us a, a like or a review in your podcasting app. And we'd love for you to join in the conversation beyond just, just what we got to talk through this week. So find us on Facebook. We have a private group on Facebook now. You can uh, get to that through our website, strong-towers.com, or on Facebook, you can search for We Are Strong Towers. Like I said, it is a private group, so you'll need to ask for us to, to let you in there just to keep it a safe space for guys to engage in, in deep conversation as we look at these topics that are uh, so important to who we are and, and uh, how we approach life. Follow us on social media also at strong underscore towers on Instagram and Twitter.